Welcome to the I Refuse Podcast. This is Mr. Fox. And with me I have a very special guest to examine the current Netflix favorite, Malcolm and Marie. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to, if you would like, email us at irefusepodcast at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by the Black History Month and rooting for everybody black. Enjoy. Girl. Yeah. That movie. Uh, Something else. First of all, did you watch it in all one sitting? Yes, like, I did. Like, when you were able to watch it straight through, I commend the fuck out you for that. <laughs> because I had to do it, too. It, it was, I had, because it's a lot to take in. And I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it again and see if I can go straight through. But it definitely is a lot to take in. Never have in the never have I ever in the history of Nigatum that I've watched a movie where I was like going back and forth emotionally. Right. And then like yeah. on top of that, just like up until a certain point I was with her and then I'll be with him. And then mm-hmm. when she was in the tub, I was like, damn, I kind of feel bad. And then when I look back and I think about the uh, the scene where she was on the edge of the bed, I was like, I think that was the one scene where I was just like on his side, but also hating him at the same time. And then I was like, up until the review came in, I was like, what the hell is going on with me? Mm. Um, I, first of all, okay, the, the bowl of macaroni. <laughs> I told you, it's funny until you actually experience a man do that shit in front of you. Like the, the actual, degrading the way and that... everything, like yeah, literally, like talk about you and everything as if you're not there. Like and as it's... if you can't hear him. There the we ma- go. The macaroni and cheese scene. I can only speak from the perspective of a man, right? Mm-hmm. But I know offline you were telling me, and some of the other women were just through with Malcolm. After yeah, that. That's all they really talked about. I, and, and, and I can understand the critique people may have for, you know, the amusement that you can find in it. Don't get me wrong. But it's different when you deal with a man who does shit like that. It's funny to a degree because it's almost unbelievable. It's one of them situations where you really have one of Marie's reactions. Nigga, is you really talking shit at me? Because <laughs> you're clearly not talking to me because I'm in a completely different world. But you are doing a whole narrative emotion. Mo- like, and I'm not even there. Am I supposed to acknowledge what it is that you're saying? Or am I supposed to sit there and let you look fucking crazy like you look right now? Because the fact that you're even going through all of this 
is we it's it's disturbing almost. Right. It did have it's disturbing like, almost. Yeah, because it doesn't just it's not just food. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a situation with the meal. The meal isn't the issue. It's the right. reaction in general behind it. Because he could have did it the same way without that bowl of macaroni sitting in his face. It's nothing like a motherfucker sitting in your face or sitting in your presence or being in the vicinity of you and talk shit about you like you're not there. It's nothing like it. And then it's like, what do you do? What's the like, am I supposed to engage in this fuck shit? And let you have your little crazy ass moment or am I supposed to defend myself in the sense of, yo, you not about to sit here and disrespect me to the point that I, like, I don't exist in this conversation? That's how you gonna talk to me now? It's, there's a very, it ain't no thin line. I don't care. There's a very big difference between talking to someone and talking at someone. Oh, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And, and that was some talk. He was talking to the macaroni and cheese. He wasn't talking to her. He was talking at her, but he was talking to that bowl of that cheese, macaroni and cheese. Right. Because that was the only thing that wasn't going to come back at him. That's the thing. The macaroni right. wasn't going to talk back. The macaroni wasn't going to basically check him for being in his head the way that he was in the first place. Because it wasn't like it was an immediate reaction. No, you had to gather that shit up. You had to allow your ego to give you the last word. Right. So, it's, it's, it's something else. It really is. It's, <laughs> you just, you can't help but to laugh at it, almost. Like, so, this motherfucker got issues. <laughs> Yeah, that um, there were a lot of moments in that movie where, <coughs> on on both on both sides, like him yeah. and her, where I was just like, y'all got some damn. You each individually have issues, but I realized that it was a, a dance of power and a dance. Yeah, of, it was a complete mind game. Ultimately, that's a lot of it was was a mind game. It was if you can't understand or feel the words that I'm saying that I'm going to have to provoke you into feeling something in some other type of way. To get you to understand the severity of what it is that I'm feeling. If my words can't articulate it to the point that you either you don't want to listen or you just can't comprehend what it is that I'm saying. Let me comprehend some shit that you understand since you want to be packed. I'm going to get physical. Not even necessarily I'm going to go get physical. Like I'm going to dip out and go pee in the woods and let you chase and look for me in the dark. Shit like that. You think I'm gone. All I had to do is go pee. It's a mental game. Yeah, and I realized why she did that. At the time, I was just like, why did she dip out? But I realized after the fact that she was yeah, doing that to that make him... the way she came back. She back. was a clear indication of, oh, you petty folks. <laughs> but as a woman, we have the tendency to do petty shit like that. Oh, you think it's possible for me not to leave you. 
watched it. Or you, you don't value me. Okay. Right. Or you don't value me. Or you don't know what it feels like to be dismissed. Right. That's the thing. See. John did shit like that sometimes. It's one of those things where I guess it depends on the role you play in the relationship. And I do mean that in all relationships because you do find that even now in some heterosexual relationships, some women play the male role where it's, you see what I'm saying? So it depends on, I feel like, whatever position you may play in the relationship. Yeah, I can personally say that I've done that before when I was 24. Yeah. When I realized that, like, I wasn't being heard and I wasn't being respected around the house. I just left. Yeah. I mean, I let him know where I was going or I may have dipped out. But by the second or third time, he already knew. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, peace out. It's just, it's, it's, it's all ultimately, if my communication is not getting across whatever emotions it is that I am trying to express, <clears throat> And even if it gets to the point where you're just not even trying to understand what it is that I'm saying. If people need to understand, even when it just in, in general communication, you don't have to agree with what I say. But if it's relating to my emotions, if we're in a relationship, it's your duty to hear what I'm saying, try to understand it, and even if you don't agree with it, just respect it. Respect the fact that I feel some type of way based off of something that you did, even if that wasn't your intent. The idea that two people are supposed to think the same way is completely bogus as fuck. You can be on the same wavelength, but no two people are ever going to make the same decisions exactly the same. So while him not saying thank you to her may not be his intent to exclude her or not show a level of appreciation, that's how it felt. That's how it felt. Yeah, and for the majority of the rest of the movie, he was doing it bit by bit. Like, even, like, even fully explaining the inspiration behind certain parts of the script or the movie. Yeah. Um, when she was in the tub. Mm. Um, even though it kind of started off like he was coming at her or he was hurting her. For me, I was just like, oh, shit, here we go. Because mm-hmm. by that point, I was just like, any kind of interaction they have... Mm-hmm. Since that bowl of macaroni, it tends to end up as another argument. Just when you think shit's cool, something else happens. And then it keeps going. I'm just like, but, um, yeah, that, 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 that tripped me out in a good way. I was just like, he may not say thank you, Mm -hmm. but he is showing you in other ways. And at first I was thinking, you know, Maria's immature as shit. Real immature. Oh. She bo- she bothers the shit out of me. Like, the majority of the movies, she bothers the shit out of me. 
What was um, it that bothered you? So the part where because um, there's like a lot of questions that he asked that I instantly knew the answer to. She just wasn't going to say it. Like <laughs> she just wasn't going to say it. <clears throat> so the first the first part was the thank you. Mm-hmm. Like I get that part, but where I get lost for me is when. She did this whole thing around the dining room and the kitchen about that thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, even so far as um, going through <laughs> industry people or, you know, just parts about his job that he has to do that she doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. But later on, you are clearly jealous that this other woman got to play Imani because you felt that the script in the movie was based on you, mm-hmm. was about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it those two things kind of tripped me out because it was like, I couldn't understand what the hell she did in life. Like, I understand that he was a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And stuff, but I don't think I got a clear indication as to what she does. Like, is she someone trying to be an actress, or um, was she already an actress? Or I, I think she was a model, if I'm not mistaken, who had a drug habit. Ultimately, um, okay. and they had they. I don't know how they met. I'm not sure how they met, but ultimately, when he met her, she still had her drug issues. That's clear. Um, um, The impression that I get is whenever the idea for this script or this movie came into play, it was something that they were collectively supposed to do together. In some way, shape, or form, I guess either she fell back because there were things that he said, like, well, you didn't put the initiative out there. You didn't take the initiative that other people would have did to put themselves or assert themselves in that situation. As a woman, from that perspective, though, I understand what it feels like when, yeah, I may be a creative force in what it is that's going on, but ultimately this is your base, right? And right. I want you to shine, even if it's we doing it together. I don't have a problem with playing or being in the background while you be in the forefront. I don't have a problem with that in any way, shape, or form. But don't act like or don't acknowledge me. Like she said, if you can stand up there and name all of these people who came in later on down the road or whatever the situation may have been, right? How do you forget the one person who was there when you when you fucked that idea and helped get you there. And no, I'm not going to make a big deal of it at your event. Absolutely not. Why would I? Why would I? Right, it's a time and a place night. for everything. You see what I'm saying? And the last thing that I need to do as your woman is act the ass in front of all of these people for something that we we can discuss privately because I'm almost positive that those people don't know what was going on with us privately 
or what we did probably that contributed to this or whatever the situation is. And it's going so, to be hard 100% to sit there and see that and see you mingle or see you do this, that, and the third and so forth. And I still have to one way or another maintain my composure. I have to. You see what I'm saying? Not saying that it's because you asked me to or anything of that nature, but again, I want you to make sure that you the shit for the night because it's your night. So I'm not going to do anything to fuck that up for you. When you come home, I might still feel some type of way, but I don't want to talk about it right now. Why? Because you are on a high. This is your night and you deserve it. So you fucking right. I'm going to come home with my attitude. And I'm going to fix your little shitty-ass meal that you asked for. And I might have an attitude. I'm going to go home. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix your meal. I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to go to sleep. But don't keep poking. Because you're going to ask a question that you're not ready to get the answer for. When you already know what the problem is. You knew what the problem was when you asked me what was wrong. You knew what you did. They all know what they did. You all... Let me ask you a question. You no, I'm just saying in general. I, I'm speaking from a human perspective. I don't. It ain't got nothing to do with flashbacks. It got everything to do with me in general. If I did something wrong, and a person asks me, "Well, what's the matter?" Or if I if if I do something wrong, and I notice that that person caught on to the fact that I did something wrong, me asking you, "What's the matter?" Is admission of guilt to me. Because otherwise, what, what what reason would you... you If you didn't do anything wrong, then you have no reason to ask what's wrong. Because I didn't do anything wrong. So there's no reason for me to think that anything is wrong. Especially if I've been with you all fucking week. <laughs> you know what you did to my son. You know what you did that ultimately led to that situation, which was the reason why he honed in on some of the things that he honed in you knew what were some of the behaviors that you did that triggered her. You, and before that night, that's why he was able to bring it up. So you knew what the problem was from the get-go. When I told your ass nothing, leave it at nothing. Because then when I really acknowledge the fact that it's something, you can't pull back. You can't tiptoe around it. You can't choose not to acknowledge it. And you can't make it be what you want it to be. Because keep in mind, it's my problem that you asked for me to tell you about. Sometimes it's best to leave people alone and let them gather their thoughts. When you talk out of anger, then you get a whole, even though I think that their conversation that they had needed necessary, definitely needed to be had. It definitely needed to be had. But there was so many other things that could have been avoided if you simply would have just enjoyed your night and let her be eat your macaroni and cheese and tomorrow we did it. Because sometimes as a woman, I know I may be in my feelings about some shit, and this, this, my resting bitch face is not something that I can hide in any way. I can't. When I'm ready to talk about it, 
I'll come to you. And the reason why I do it that way is because I refuse to address anything when I'm angry because anger tends to misconstrue whatever it is that I'm saying. I want to make sure whatever words is coming out my mouth is not hidden behind or masked behind the tone of anger in my voice because that might not necessarily be the intent that I wanted to be or mean that at that time. So I'd rather clear my head, calm down, so that way I can make sure that whatever it is that I say to you, you have no reason to question it because of my emotion. And sometimes it gets to a point where you be like, ain't ain't no point in me speaking on this shit. It's not a, it's not that serious. But it's hard to do that when somebody is in your face. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Just tell me what's wrong. Leave me alone, y'all. Back the fuck off. <laughs> because then I'm about to fuck up your night. And then you will be upset because you wanted to know I answer for a question that you wasn't ready to deal with. And I wasn't honestly ready to deal with anyway. But since you asked for it, here you go. And that's ultimately how a lot of arguments end up happening. I don't know why. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Communication, I think, is probably one of the hardest things to maintain in a relationship. People make words mean what they want them to mean, or I could tell you a list of five things, and you pick the three and a quarter thing to find, like one word and three of a quarter. Like it just it is. People don't want to really, really acknowledge what's wrong with the person. Most of the time in relationships, they really don't want to acknowledge it. Nobody wants to hear about how they fucked up. Nobody. Most people aren't mature enough to handle stuff like that. I'll be the mm-hmm. first to admit, even as old as I am, it still takes me some time to to communicate um, clearly because even though I'm more of a cerebral kind of guy. I still need time to process it, and then it may take me a day or so. Right. But when I feel when I feel I need to, then I then I do. Because um, the last thing I want is to for me to react when I'm angry, even though sometimes. Uh, it depends. Even though sometimes when I'm angry, I get everything else mm. that I need to get out. It may not be perceived right. in a healthy way. So, yeah, like, I was mm. watching the movie, like, the first half, and I'm just like, he, I was with her um, for most of the first half. And then I was with him when he got to the part. There were a few. There were a few parts later on where I was starting to side with him, like really, like on 
riding with him, like, you know, she kind of, she didn't, she clearly didn't understand, like, what he has to do um, being a filmmaker. Like, after the film is out and everything, he has to, like, play to to people at mm-hmm. these events, right? He has to play to the media, like, um, this actress that plays Amani in the movie is his muse and all of that. And, you know, I got past the thank you thing, even though it, it was brought up again later on where I was just like, damn, we just got right. over this. Um, because <laughs> they didn't have the ba- she had the bath, she left the house, came back. This is after the thank you, like the, mm-hmm. the first thank you argument. She had the thing with the knife on the floor and as mm-hmm. which by the way I I I thought she would genuinely relax. Listen. Like that was listen. that was her <laughs> When I say, I mean, hold on, you was just good to go a second. When I say then... she fooled the entire fuck out of me, I was just like, huh? I had to pause. Like, wait, pause I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. Pause the screen. I was really? Like... Oh, she really is like, yeah. Okay, wait, and then she was like, that goddamn is in there. <laughs> Oh, what is girl? <laughs> it just, but it. I feel like she did it to validate her point. I feel like both of them. Yeah. What I have an appreciation for is while the actions are very, very, very familiar and relatable. There was a a dialogue that you don't see or really experience in relationships. Um, they they basically said a lot of things that people think or wish they could say in those type arguments. Their argument wasn't just about a thank you. Their argument literally is every like most couples' arguments. It's about appreciation also. It's ultimately right. about appreciation and and being appreciative of the role that a person plays in your life, even if you feel like it's not a lot, it's not big. You know what I mean? I, it's it's just one of those. You know, that's ultimately what it was about. It's the appreciation or the lack thereof, and you don't really see people have those real in your face honest and open conversation while I'm going to sit here and explain to you why I love every inch of you I'm going to tell you how I love every fucked up inch of you too I love you flaws and all but let's not mistake the fact that these are flaws and that these are problems that cause controversy or can cause tension between us it's not enough for me to say I don't want to be with you or I don't love you. Shit, it might make me love you even more, depending on what it might be. But don't get it fucked up. If you ain't perfect, 
nigga, you ain't perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it was, it was about as honest as it's going to be when it comes down to relationships. I feel like, forget the fact that he was a filmmaker or that she was a model or anything. That argument was a real life argument that I'm pretty sure, like I said, everybody in one, in some way, shape or form, a person that you genuinely love has hate. Shit, and some that you thought you loved and didn't, you probably had those conversations. Um, they both. How do I want to put it? They both are stuck in their own ego. And their ego allows them to be blind to the issues that they were each having. That's what it both down to. I don't feel appreciated. I feel like I appreciate you. My ego won't allow me to show it to you the way that you want it me to show it to you. And my ego won't allow you to be whoever it is that you have to be for whatever it is you want to be without me feeling insecure or left out in some way, shape, or form. It's about reassurance. It's about a general fucking appreciation. Both ways. Appreciate my business and appreciate the fact that I'm with you. That's it. That's it and that's all. I'm with you. I'm like nobody else. Ain't nobody else for me but you. I'm with you. Came home with you. Came there with you and so forth. That's literally, correct me if I'm wrong, because I hear that a lot from men. Not just in my situation, but just in general. Correct? It's, it's like that mentality of I'm here. So if I'm here, then do I really need to say it? Do I really need to scream it at the top of my lungs? I'm here. And in most cases, that's, for females, that's really not enough. Sometimes they need you to say it. They need you to say it. Especially if the actions seem to be something else. And it might not necessarily be anything that you're doing. It might be what the people around you are doing and how you react to it. Because you might just be a fucking nice guy. It's a lie. It's the truth, though. That's deep. And and you, right. Well, yeah, like I saw that in the movie. I saw that in the movie. Like, she went down every person or every role around the, <laughs> around the movie or in the movie. And I was just like, wow. And, like, I was with her with, you know, before the macaroni, with the thank you, with um with the whole um when he came at her when she was at the edge of the bed, right? Like that was a that was a little bit much on his part. Like that was a little bit much. Like in a relationship to me and there are it's just not cool and it cuts deep when in the moments I'm vulnerable with you or you're vulnerable with me, I throw oh, yeah. some of that shit back up in your face. The worst feeling. Nobody, nobody, um, nobody 
especially if they've overcome something, or even if they are just better off than what they were before once that shit thrown back up in their face. I don't need you to remind me of my fuck-ups. I know what they are. I lived it. That, that, and, like, <clears throat> what's, it, it makes me look at whether or not I can trust mm-hmm. you with that, that, that yeah. part of my, you know, that part of me, or just those moments, because it's like, I know, I'm, I'm fully aware, just like you're fully aware of right. everything that's going on inside you, and even the shit that you don't know, right. that you can't make sense of that's going on in, inside of you. So, the sacred moments, anything that's sacred, especially those kind of moments, I say in passing over the course of the duration of our relationship and no matter how volatile the argument gets like you throw little shit back in my face like oh well that's why your mother was a crackhead I will cut your face off Um, because there aren't like for me personally there aren't a lot of traumatic Mm -hmm. moments that have happened to me, right? Maybe less than five. Um, So anytime that I'm vulnerable with anybody about those those things and my feelings around those kind of things and what they've done to me, yeah, like it, I might have to burn this place down because it's it's just (laughs) not cool. And he, he did it I mean, it was obvious to me that he did it to to yeah. wear her down or wear her out, because she she had she got yeah, to him. Yeah. That's why he did it. She got to him, um, like she got to him about the movie, about the white girl, about the actress, the movie, every piece of what comes along with him being a filmmaker, which he clearly loves. Like, I mean, I knew that the moment mm. they walked in the house at the beginning of the movie. Because throughout the whole movie, the the most he's excited or the most he gets passionate or like when he's trying to deflect, manic is about It was a him. deflection. Well, that, that too, but like he is obsessed about movie and everything that comes with it mm-hmm. and this review thing, right? And I know he's he's yeah. deflected all up and through that movie. <clears throat> but like when he's quiet when he's not like that is when you it, know I, things I'm have a... kind of subsided. But like I... okay. I've been in situations like that where you prime example. The moment they walked into the house, you knew something from her body language was wrong. He on a high. You could tell it was either she just right. was done with the night or she was agitated with his shit. One or the other you could tell she was agitated. You see what I'm saying? The worst thing 
and men, please take note to this shit. The worst thing that a man can do is when you <laughs> know that I'm upset about something, do not invite your dick to me because it's the last thing that I'm thinking about. You cannot solve whatever issue is going on if you paint it. It's not an aspirin. It's not a Tylenol. It's not weed. It's not any of it. A lot of times that complicates the situation even more because y'all get under the impression I did the down real good. She had a good time. She might have came. She might sleep. It's over with. No, it's not. And most women trust and believe I can fuck you and have no problem with the moment that I come. Cut your ass out after the day. Because no, it's not over with in any way, shape, or form. You can't use your penis as a band-aid to sugarcoat or dumb down anything that's going on. Let alone my emotions. Fuck out of here. Man, personally, I'm speaking personally to the men out there. It's it's not a serious issue. I might be like laid out. You might have to get some uh, police tape and some white chalk. I, I might be down for a couple of hours, but the issue is I'd rather deal with Continue. the issue up front and then make up after the fact. I don't want to. Do the makeup now and still have to deal with the bullshit after the fact. I don't. I don't want to do that. You saying oh, that's no, what I'm saying? No, that's what I don't want to do. So anybody. if you know that I'm in that mood, if I'm in that mood, and men know, men know when a woman is made to the point that's just like, I don't think I want that smooth right now, or I don't feel like hearing a name. I don't feel like hearing a bitch and whatever the kids. Y'all, you know. I'm just saying, I wouldn't turn it down. Sometimes. It depends. Yeah. Depends. And I, the thing is, is that, like I said, it's not even just a situation of turning it down. It, if I don't turn it down, don't think that that's the, that's, that it's over. Don't think that that's the answer or the solution. And that's what a lot of times right. that would ultimately happen. If I ignore it and I allowed you to be physical with me or make love to me, whatever you want to call it, then the problem is over. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't wear my heart in between my legs. They don't operate the same. <laughs> anyway, shape or form. <clears throat> yeah, That's why I thought my heart was my younger Don't days. get it anyway, shape or form. Fucked up. And then we don't operate the same at all. Um, I said when I was younger, I'm lousy, man. I'm just saying. Look. But nevertheless, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the family pack. What what the sixteen eighteen coming in big ass boxes? I, have, the wholesale I have no shame. Um, in any way, shape, or form, I don't regret nothing. I lived my fucking life. I had fun. I had fun. I, I learned a lot. I made some not mistakes. I learned a lot. I did a lot. I, I enjoyed. Um, I don't have no regrets. I don't regret oh even the shit that was shot in the ass. <laughs> Nevertheless, meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, <coughs> we wanted to get past the first half of the movie if we gonna if we gonna mm-hmm. beef up this little episode. But yeah, like, all right, like like I was saying earlier, like I was going back and forth, right, and. Uh, not not to fuck me up with that um that one scene 
And then he redeemed himself yeah. when she was in the tub. Like, she couldn't do anything but feel affected by that. And I think deep down, that's what she needed to know. You can talk about my flaws, absolutely, but also help me understand why you love me, too. I'm not asking for you to, you know what I mean? Just sometimes a woman just needs to be reassured, especially if the man is caught up in whatever else it is that he's got going on. Just help me. Just remind me. Just let me know sometimes. Because that out of sight, out of mind thing is is real. You know what I'm saying? It's real. So if you still caught up in whatever it is that you got going on and you move different or we communicate different or whatever the case may be, you come on now, just and sometimes it is as simple as a thank you. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as your bowl of macaroni and cheese. Sometimes it's really just, but I'm no, but what that's what I'm saying. It's the simplicity of it all. You see what I'm saying? But you're right. Simplicity of it all. Most people, a lot of women have this idea that you're supposed to go and cook men these extravagant ass meals and shit like that. Listen. I have made some of the simplest shit for men. My my friend now, he get happy when I make him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The simplest shit. His was as simple as a bowl of box macaroni and cheese as a night. It's a celebration dinner. Whereas for her, it was simply you just saying, thank you. Sometimes it don't have to be overly complicated and extravagant. It can be just as simple as those two things. Yeah. Oh, That's the I, beauty I in it all. More. And it's crazy because it's it's crazy how so many people go get so far along in life. Whether it's like going day in, day out of a job and house and all this other stuff or they moving up real far in their career they moving out of their hometown and becoming something big elsewhere the people in your family like that's all they, they want it doesn't matter you know if they're placed in the, in the bridal party or their place in a picture or their place at the dinner table. Like, there's a whole other chapter where a lot of people are not credited, like people in the family that helped you get to where you are, whether it's, you know, them taking time out to sit with you every night and help you with your homework or working extra shifts to get, you know, your first bra or, mm. you know, roller skates or something because you wanted to, you know, keep up with friends. That's why, you know, I, I, um, I, I learned that word, that word, that phrase early on in life. Oh, yeah. Like, thank you. Yeah. Single parent household, you know, mother is the breadwinner. I mean, she may not did everything 
every year, like school clothes and school supplies. But you know what? Right. She kept a roof over my head and food in my belly. She may not have known like multiplication or long division or algebra, but you know what? Sometimes it's not necessarily about what you don't have, but being able to do the best of what you do have. And like But see, I, I got from a sense of, I, I guess in a, in a sense it is kind of complicated because shit, it took me, how old am I? I'm not going to say how old I am, but it took me 30 something years to almost 40, you know what I'm saying, to, to figure it out. You know what I mean? And and that's the reason why, like, even now I make it a point to even tell people that I appreciate them when I do or to say thank you or tell people that I love them whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because one, it doesn't cost anything to do. Second, people deserve to know if they're doing something good that makes somebody feel fucking good or helps solve a problem, whatever. I appreciate you, Danny. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to do some shit for me or make me feel good or help me out with something, whatever. Or thank you for including me in your journey. Thank you for trusting in me to help you with whatever it is that you want. Thank you. I don't know. It seems like that's one of the hardest things for people to do is just show simple gratification. And usually, like she said, some a lot of times people don't realize it until the other one party is ready to go and it's too late. It's too late. They always what's the saying say you never know what you got until it's gone. Yeah, you never know what you got until it's gone. And she did say you'll never know or never you always want to be able to show some level of appreciation when by the time that you're ready to do it, it's too far gone. I don't want it now. I'm good. I will say though in the movie, and this was another part. I think another part to like where she lost me and I was on his side as far as <clears throat> she in a, in several ways was asking him I'm sorry say that um, one more time I didn't about the role of Imani oh uh, well she was um she was asking him questions or like in a way kind of um in a roundabout way addressing him in regards to like the Imani role like well why do you cast me and I mean like by that point she was past the um well right so but here's my thing like the part where I don't think she get she got where which which was very important is you know you didn't She didn't go up for it. She felt bad. So I think he didn't get the sense in that, that she sense, wanted. I think she felt like he she, she, I, Whether or not this is the one thing that I do see this again, female shit, female shit, entitlement, entitlement. I'm going through this journey with you. I shouldn't have had the audition for that part. You should have gave me, and that was her mentality on that, which is stupid. But that was her mental on that. <laughs> yeah. I... That's another thing I can't get with with anybody is this entitlement shit. And 
for the most of the movie, I was on her side, but there were like a few spots, a few parts, and this, and that was, I think, the last part where I was just like, "Yeah, girl, it's I don't see it for you." Like, whether or not you felt your life inspired the movie, whether you felt like you know you played a part in getting that movie off the ground or being up with him during that process. That that's just not Yeah. That's not how how it any works. industry like works, he's not though. just gonna you know what I mean? Especially if he feels like right, and especially if he feels like you don't want Especially it. not no new filmmaker. Right. Like that's a hell of a liability. And the other thing that I was thinking, I don't know. There was a lot of narratives that was going on in my head. And I was thinking that I feel like could have been touched on, but maybe it wasn't because I think it maybe leaves it for conversations like this. Like, um, maybe I was looking at the situation like, shit, why would I want someone that I love and care about to imitate some of the hardest stuff in their life. It can be triggering. Not to say that you're not strong enough, but it's triggering. I want you to play the role of a junkie knowing that you were one at one point in time. And a lot of times, what is that mentality? Once a junkie, always a junkie type situation. Like, why would I put you in a situation where you have to reenact scenes or experiences in your life that may be triggering you? And it could spiral you. So it could have been that he just was looking out for the best interest of her because he, I feel like maybe he knows more than what we know in a two and a half hour conversation, you know what I'm saying, about whatever her habits may be, or I don't even really know how old she was. She be truthful. She was a junkie at 20. How old are you in this movie? Well... Right, so it's just something I'm saying. Yeah, it leaves thing. an open like, never really a different type of interpretation. The 20 years of old could have been three years ago. You know what I'm saying? It could have been six years ago. It could have been a decade ago. Right. You could have relapsed during the time. You know what I'm saying? It. You, we don't know those things. You know what I mean? So I do think that the idea of why didn't you pick me was a little bit more deeper than I should have just handled it, handed it to you. If you really felt like you could handle it or you was ready for that role, then you should have fought for it. That's how I looked at it. That argument wasn't valid to me. I don't... And then if you, if it was handed to you and you didn't get the gratification that you was looking for because you felt like you could do this and people didn't receive it the way that you put it out there, then that's another triggering thing. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say that you, you're upset about the fact that I didn't thank you on a public level, right? So what if someone criticizes you right. on a public level? It's a whole... Because they didn't like the role. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of different things that in come into play right. that I thought about when it came down to that. Like, wait a minute. Why the fuck would I ask you to do this? You're already an inspiration. 
they've acknowledged the fact that you already, you know, helping me with the idea or whatever it is that I've done when it came down to this movie, you played a key role in it. Maybe that's the safe space that I wanted to keep you on. Not because you couldn't, I don't, you can't do it. Maybe I just don't want to put you in a position that it could have an adverse effect on. I don't know. A lot of times, that's just women, we don't think about those things. We don't get included in shit because maybe it's for the better of our safety. There's not always fuck shit going on. What? You know, I used There's to think always that fuck shit going on? In my 20s. Oh, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I think that well into my 40s. That ain't never going to go away. Because another thing is that I realize not everybody else has right. the same size heart that I do. Right. Not everybody is going to be nice. Um, there are people out there that have motives and play games and stuff like that. But no, but like in my 20s and even in like high school and stuff, um, I used to have a complex about not being invited or included. Um, and I get that. Like it, it took me a while, I think probably two or three years in the military where I realized, oh, I don't have to go over there. And it's like, even if I do go after being forced invited, I'm not going to have a good time because everybody there is only there to hang out with the other people at the party. Um, And it's stupid. Um, And I'm sitting there like with a tight face like, damn, I could have had a V8 and watched reruns of the house or something. And it's happened before, but like, I had to to get through through that and get hip to the idea that you know if right. they don't invite you, don't ask. You know what I mean? Um, and it's so weird. On the flip side, where it's like, if I only invite mm-hmm. y'all, and you know who you know who I, I know mean who you when mean. I say y'all, like. You and Rita and right, and then one of one of y'all mm-hmm. invites a plus one. That's weird to me. Um, like I'm not expecting it to be at occasions where it's like, oh, we're just going to a restaurant for whatever. But if it's like my birthday, or if it's like me graduating, mm-hmm. or something personal to me. Right. It's just yeah. weird to me and I would never do that to y'all or anybody. Like if if you guys like invited me somewhere, um I would never go out of my way unless one of y'all asked. Right. Um about Mark. You know what I mean? Like right. but of course we right. would work that out before it even got to that point anyway. Because that's just how we roll. But yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, I, the um, I think the, the problem is entitlement part tend like, to have is on both sides. Sometimes they can't see past themselves. They have this idea that 
if I think this way or if I come up with this, then why can't you do it? It doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Um, But it also has to be a situation when you interact with people in your life, especially friends, people you're in a relationship with. Different environments in general, you have to learn the type of people that you're dealing with. If you really pay attention to the people that you care about, you'll know what the boundaries are. Right. What's, what's understood don't have to be said all the time. Right. Not necessary. If you really pay attention to people, you get to just know who they are, how they are, the things that they like, the things that they don't like, and so on. Most of the time when people talk a lot, it's because they're trying to deflect or hide, or I don't have to use four pages of anything to get my fucking point across. I'm going to say what I say, and that's it. If you need further clarification, I'm going to clarify for you as much as I can. But if your clarification is also going to have to come from questions. You're going to tell me what you can't understand. Otherwise, but you can't expect for a person to move, articulate, make decisions, or anything the same way that you do. You know what I mean? And if it, I think when you understand oh, yeah, that, for sure, okay. then it's it's easier when you learn how to like when I give advice. I'm not going to give you advice based off of what I would do. We don't move the same. I would do it based off of the person that I know you to be that I think may be beneficial for you because you're the one that has to deal with the situation and the outcome of whatever decision is that you make. So I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go in and go do this, that, and the third, and so forth, knowing damn well that you were not built like that and set you up for failure. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know what I mean? So that's that's just paying attention to people and again proper communication it's yeah it's um I know it, it has to be for me well thought out yeah. and I have to and don't double back on your shit either think of all the variables first and then make my next move and if I can get, if I go through it and I can look myself in the mirror and be right. comfortable with myself at night, then I know I made the right move. And the thing about it that I think a lot of people should understand is that, um, right, be true to yourself. No, not everybody. The the harsh reality is is that not everybody right. out here is yep. going to always be for you. A lot of people are for themselves, and it's it's a cold world. You know, not the sound cliche, but it's a cold world. Um, and you know, be true to yourself and. <clears throat> You know, stay in the race as long as you can, and other people will catch up to you. Um, Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. Right. And with that, nobody outside of yourself can tell you who you are. 
I just went to fix my. I mean, but Jesus. it's true. Every time, every time. It's, but seriously, though, when, mic, you, when you learn like, yourself, and it comes from experience, you're able to like, really say, like, I know myself. I know what it is that I want. I know how I want it. <laughs> when I want it, I know how I want to do it. I know who I want it from. I want to know. I know who I want included. I know who I don't want to include. I know what I want by myself. When you're able to figure it out, and when you're able to learn to love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself flaws and all because ultimately nobody is perfect and nobody is ever going to look at you perfect. You'll be a perfect imperfection. She won't be perfect. You see what I'm saying? When you're able to accept yourself flaws and all, whatever little bit, and you just say, look, fuck it, this is this is who I am. And then understanding that the things that you don't like, that you can change, change them. However it is, you know, ain't no specific order, ain't no time frame for this shit. None of it. Fix it however you feel as though you got to fix it. Take it a time however you got to do it. As long as it's not ultimately destructive to yourself, then yeah. Can't nobody tell you not to take care or be a better you. Or even just to learn to love you the same way that you love other people. Um, and you'll never be able to tell someone how to truly love you until you're able to learn to love yourself. And a lot of it is being able to comfortably have conversations with people such as Malcolm and Marie because that conversation is not helpful. And be able to get up the next day and still be together. Take a lot. Yeah, that takes that takes a lot. And that's why to anybody that's listening to this, I say in this life your mind. Please is but they can see this is the thing though. They can work hand in hand. They can well, work hand in hand. A lot of people don't realize that they can work <laughs> hand they, in hand. They can. They can. You can love and be smart. <laughs> Ow. Right. Mm. Like, what I'm realizing in my 30s, coming up on my 40s, Lord willing, um, is that Really? You believe that? A myth. Or myth is probably a strong word. (laughs) Really? You believe that? All right. All right. Hear me. See, I I, I. I knew I'm gonna wait for you to come explain up on the first. landmine. That's why I was like, maybe uh, miss you know, a strong word. Response, so. I wanna yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Right. Go for it. <laughs> mm. So unconditional love for me personally, like I don't think it's a, <laughs> A one size fits all kind of thing. Like it, it's it it from person to person. I'm smoking, you know, so people believe in it. Me, not not so much. Like 
don't want nobody. You know how people are. Girl, they're not next to you when they listen to this. Love me unconditionally. (laughs) What am I doing with you? So, I'm sorry. All right, I have. So when I was younger, I used to think that was for real. But, of course, you know, I thought everything was, I thought things were all good in the neighborhood. Like, with the family, like, everything's good with family. What happened over here? So the rest of the world's like that. You know, that naivete. So, it wasn't until probably I got into my 30s I realized... You know, maybe that's not for me. Like, that's not to say I befriend people or I date with the intention of, like, totally dropping them at some point. No. Like, I have, Mm. what's always remained constant for me is I'm still grounded. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not caught up in the hype of things or the newness or the shininess of other things. You know, things that would distract you or, you know, tempt you to just, like, Mm. latch on and just go on about your life and leave people in the dust. No, that's not, that's just not how I roll. Now, granted, (laughs) I see a cute little something, something, something. Blah, 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 blah. I have an agreement with my dude. That's something different. But, like, at some point in my 30s, I realized, you know, the whole blind love, blind loyalty, do or, you know, ride or die. Um, right. I, I'm just not, I, I can't get with it. Like, and I've been in situations where um, I was <laughs> a ride or die. I was just like, okay, this is not what I had on my bingo card when I went to the bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not what I had in my tarot reading with uh, Miss Cleo. Like, this was not, this just, this, is, this just isn't what I want for my life. Prime example. When I was 24. 24, going on 25, I think. I was with this dude. He he was not working. He was waiting for like his disability from the state. He was like early 40s, and I was 24. All right. I was working, had a cute little bank account at Wells Fargo. I was we were living in Pennsylvania. He had all this free time at home, was on the internet a whole lot. He, um, I went to go check the mail one day and I gave him the mail. And Uh and one of the envelopes were, um, international money, right? Or it was like traveler's checks or certified checks or whatever. He was like, um, I don't have a bank account. Can we use yours? To um, uh-huh. to transfer the money or get the money in value from these. Me being dumb, 
I was like, sure, why not? So we go we go up in to the Wells Fargo in the um in this little beat up two door car. It is uh nineteen ninety one Plymouth for those that are not aware. Real beat up. Mm. It was sunny, you know, I had time, it was, you know, it was a good time. We went up there together. We go up to the, the uh tellers counter and um we say you know, I have an account here. Here's my deposit or withdrawal slip filled out. Um, can you turn these into money? Or whatever the, the fuck they, they say. So the lady takes the stack. It was like a small stack of bills or checks or whatever. And then she goes over to pick up. I think she went to go pick up the phone and then she went in the back. So we're standing there, standing there, standing there. And I shit you not. I couldn't even utter the words. Right. Damn. She's taken a while. Like, I couldn't even finish that statement before two white police officers came into the bank. What the fuck? And right. walked up behind us. And we turned around and we're like, what's going on? So we're both putting handcuffs. Um, and taken down to the holding place. Like, I'm in a legit holding cell by myself. And it was at this point where I was just like, yeah, um, this is not what I had in mind. (laughs) Right. So I think, so that, I think, was my turning point where I was just like, yeah, I can be in love and not be dumb. So, this unconditional love thing, like, I have it for family, but I won't lie on the stand for y'all ass. I don't think conditional. I'm not doing a little Kim versus love Junior Mafia. Con- well, unco- like, I don't think unconditional love there, but unconditional with the person who will put you in jeopardy. Personal. That's how I feel. I do feel like unconditional, of course. Like you said, you know... My son, of course, you know, um, they're, I don't want to say people because it's not people, <laughs> that I do have unconditional love with. <laughs> um, meaning that I accept who they are and love them genuinely for who they are. Period. Flaws and all. I still love you. I will forever love you. Even if we're not, like, yeah, you are a person that, I, like, I've accepted and loved genuinely. Whether you're around, whether you're not around. Yeah. And have no problem with that. I have friends that I have unconditional love for. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I do believe that it exists. I don't think okay. that an unconditional love can exist mutually when you can love someone unconditionally and they don't love you unconditionally bad. Like, you can't help who you love. Period. You can't. And 
nobody is going to tell me who, how, and when, and where I can love somebody. Okay. I love who I love, and that's just what it is. Even, and I don't need that person to be up my ass in order for me to love them either. I love who they are. Period. That's it. That's all. So, um, I don't ever think that they would do anything to put me in harm's way. There's been plenty of times that they protected me from things, whereas they reckless as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But never put me in a position where I felt crossed, manipulated, hurt, none of that shit. You see what I'm saying? There's one exception um, where a person did all of that and it didn't change my love for them. Like, it, in a way, it made me feel sorry for them. And that's my mom. Like, I think I told you years ago what happened when I was like 11. Um, and I, I think I even shared it on. The pod, on this podcast, but yeah, like that's the only exception mm. where it's not supposed to be something that you a person do. has done that and it's not change. It's not, you know what I mean. Like even when it comes down to love, friends, all that shit. Like it's not, oh know, oh, it's oh right, right. That word I don't have a bunch of friends. I literally have a handful of you motherfuckers, and I mean that literally. A handful, and it ain't even a whole handful. <laughs> Be clear. I don't yeah. have friends. I don't have, well, I'm sorry, I have friends. Right. But again, everybody ain't my friend. And I don't label them as such either. The rest of y'all is motherfuckers I know. Associate. I have people that I care. We're going to take a little Negro moment. But while we're away, please enjoy this music until we come back. Thank you. So you were saying I was saying I've been in a situation like that. Um ultimately I don't know if me being that neutral person in that situation and being able to still be friend I don't know if that's the reason why one stopped, I don't know. But I've just always been that type of person where I feel like my relationship with you is my relationship with you. You're not obligated, and I would not put you in a position where you wouldn't want to be around that person or you wouldn't want to be in the environment. I wouldn't do that. I, I understand how to balance between the two, like I said, I don't have a clip of friends. So, I mean, choice for the balance. It's not like I'm like, hey, I'm going to the mall with so and so. Would you like to come? And you won't be like, who the hell is that? And vice versa. You know what I mean? And I have brought people around, you know what I mean? Other people and so on or whatever, but it's not like we all go and hang out together and stuff like that. And there's never been really any controversy. So, 
yeah, it's not hard for me. Um, I can see why it may be difficult for others, but I guess it also depends on the nature of relationship, the dynamic just, of the relationship between the parties and so on. Like, it, it, this will probably sound crazy when I'm saying it, but I got to say it. So, mm-hmm. like, kind of going back to what I was saying about the plus one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my birthday, and and one person I invited invited a plus one. Mm-hmm. This random white girl that I've never seen before. So it's like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, damn, I can't really cut up like I... You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know how she'll take it. And I've been in situations before where I cut up like I usually do. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is like one or two people to take them the wrong way. Right. Or one or two people to like turn their their shoulders or their back and start saying shit. And I'm just like, yeah, this ain't, this this is not what we're doing. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, Don't ever, ever restrict yourself or hold yourself back when you in your element, baby. For nobody. Oh, no. No. But but I do we, understand we, we can't, yeah. where you're coming from. Like, um, because I'm, I'm one of them type people. Don't bring a random person to my house. Like, I'm not going to dim myself, but right. I am not. I'm still considerate. Right, but it's you know I mean? also a situation that, like, if, if, say, for example, if you was having to get together and I wanted to bring my friend, right, I would find a way to introduce y'all prior to whatever it is that you're having and then ask you, is it okay for me to bring that person? I wouldn't want whatever you had that you invited me to to be the first time that y'all if you know what I'm saying, right. it's just because, like I said, you might not feel comfortable about them around them. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even tell them about the event until I asked you <laughs> if it was okay for them to come in the first place. Like, I wouldn't extend the invite until I know that it's okay for me to extend the invite. And that, you know what I'm saying? That's, right. that's just common courtesy in general, though. You know, I'm not bringing no random person to anybody. Not these days. No, you can't just bring anybody to inside house. Um, it's just common courtesy. Right, and I mean, thank goodness it hasn't been to me situations like that. Right. Um, it's it's just weird. I think it's one of those things. I'm just not ever going to wrap myself around to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, But we had a conversation, me and this other person, mm. and I, it's whatever. And, I mean, this plus one didn't change the evening one way or another anyway, but it's just, it was just weird. Like, I'm eating, I'm drinking, and I look up, and there's this random white person at the table, and she's not part of the staff. Um, So I was like, uh, okay, um, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, like I can't, like I can't do fake shit, and it's crazy because it's like I don't go into every room in life and give off, or at least I don't think I do, 
give off this um, this aura or this presentation like I'm something to be played with or toyed with or like like dismissed or talked about. I mean, can't deny that, you know, I'm going to get talked about like everybody else does. No big deal. But I don't play people like I get played. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, had had a mature conversation taking place, had it been a situation where I was being talked to right. and not talked at, right. it could have been a very <clears throat> eye-opening conversation for everybody at the table. Mm. Um, because <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's, it's about integrity. Like, there's a whole host of shit that's happening that y'all are not aware of that has been brought to my attention. But like I always say to other people, it's not what people call you, it's what you respond to. Right. A lot of the shit that people have said about me, I don't respond to. I think the shit's funny. Like a couple of weeks ago, I got wrapped up in um, the um, Is This You Challenge. You know that thing on social media that people do where it's like, you'll have like a tweet or a response or a post to something on social media. And then somebody will retweet it with a picture of you and say, is this you? But but the thing about it is they'll always pick um, the worst photo. Right. Hold on. Hold on, Ma. I'm sorry. Do you want me to pause? So, two dudes on Facebook uh, did that with me. Mm -hmm. But the photo they picked I was cute in. And the two dudes that were talking about me weren't cute. So, how does that work? How does that work, Shanae? Like, they picked a photo of me in, like, a gray hoodie. And I looked at them and I was like, hold on. Like, I don't think I'm like all that. But but come on, let's let's be be fair. (laughs) That's supposed to look worse than the joke you're trying to make. That's not how that works. But. But still I rise. (laughs) I wrote this for you. No. (laughs) Still I rise. Um. Like, I I went on about my day, but see, that's the thing. Like, people, it's all about, it's like no matter how well you present yourself and how well you are in this life and how well you treat people or do right by people or, you know, the choices you make in not participating in that kind of shit when the roles are reversed, people still... You know, do what they do, and you know what they can they can they can have that. But like I said earlier, some people call you is what you respond to. Mm-hmm. I chose not to res- you know respond as much. To you know, still taking mental notes. Like, okay, this is this is the game we're playing. I could have very easily sat at that table and was like, "Well, this is the shit that I heard about y'all." And the shit ain't even cute. Like, 
do you understand how weird it is for a person you associate with or a person you've slept with um, or you benefited from to come up to me and say, well, you know, I feel like this person is racist. You're white. I'm black. The person that's coming up to me is black. Do you know how weird, like, not weird as in what the hell's going on, but like, that's not a good look. Right. You know what I mean? And even still, like, I could have, of all the options and alternatives, I could have chosen to respond or do with that information as I wanted to. I defend it, or I either defend it, or I either, either um, said something to the effect of, I've never experienced that with this person. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak to that. Right. Either way, like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like a firing squad situation where it was just like, you know what, I'm gonna bring this up in front of everybody else. You don't even know that happens. Yeah. But that those kind of situations when nobody's looking is a reflection of me or you if somebody came to you and said some shit because it's all in the reaction of what you choose to do in response but it's crazy like be responsible for I'm saying you 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 know you do as best you can put your best foot forward in life and people still do you dirty? It's and it's crazy because it's like we're not even in high school. We're we're men with mortgages. We're men with careers. Right. Please pick a hobby, another hobby. Like fly a kite, build a sandcastle, paint a boat, do something. But to play with somebody's life on some trendy shit, I just yeah. Girl, the gay community is toxic. Like, to any men out there that are on the download and thinking about coming out, don't. Mm. Wow. Take it how wow. you will. But it's, it's, it's a mess out here. It's a mess. It's like, it's worse than ghetto. It is a mess. What the girls say, Earth is ghetto. I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Sing it again, girl. That's not like a song I would find on Spotify. So, um, Malcolm and Marie, I'm a, it actually wasn't as sugaring and as chaotic as I, you know, I, I thought. Not chaotic um, at all. It was just probably, very raw. Like I felt myself sitting yeah, there a lot of times like, yo, did she just say that? And then like, did he just say that? And that hurt. <laughs> that ooh. Yeah. But also, I'ma tell you what Elsa does. Being 
Marie. At not just understanding that level of feeling not appreciated by a person that you pretty much gave a lot to. Um, and saying the things that she said, and you know, some things I've I've said those things to, and some that I wish I would have said to see his reaction to it was different, and kind of made you think a little bit about being so reactionary and emotions with your words. <clears throat> telling a person how you feel. Um, because I don't really think either one of their intent was to hurt each other. It just, it was right. when egos came into play. You ain't going to cut me down harder than I'm going to cut and you I'm, down. You're going to cut me down, but I'm going to yeah, cut you down. Yeah, and then I realized. Like, you going like, yeah, it's. I realized as the movie was going going along that they were taking more and more time to react. Yeah, it just it ultimately like, it, became, it wasn't really about what the problem was. It ended up being about you know what the initial problem was, but all of that shit in between to me was ego. It was words that may have needed to be said, but could have been relayed a lot differently and a resolution could have came a lot sooner if it wasn't for who could be the pettiest while also telling you why I am being this petty. Wow. So, everybody, this was uh, a review of Malcolm and Marie. Add opinions. My lovely co host had feelings and opinions and thoughts. It's uh, definitely a movie worth rewatching. Like, when I first heard about it, it was on Twitter. Um,. And a lot of women followers were coming at Malcolm. And my first thought was, oh, this is probably going to be like another movie where, you know, women don't take responsibility. Kind of like, you know, when Wait and Exhale dropped, like people read read the book. Look, I was one of the first, I was one of those ones. I had no business buying that book, but I did. I was all of about, what, 12 years old. Saw the book at a flea market. Um, and started reading it. I was like, I have no business reading this. Yeah. We're not going to talk about a lot but, of things that we experienced on our childhood that we ain't had no money doing. Look, we already touched on one thing <laughs> <laughs> that I told you about that damn Pepsi yeah. bottle. Um... But no, but like when, you know, going into or seeing the stuff on Twitter about the movie and, you know, how it triggered women and stuff, and I was just like, damn, is it really that bad? 
because I mean, I I watched the movie and I'm like, you know, they both they each have a role yeah. in what's going on or what's occurred and what's about to occur. Um, and the great thing about the movie when I walked away from it is that neither one of them, in my mind, got away scot free or right. even got off. They were both the held accountable in some way, shape, or form. There's never one side to a bad situation in a relationship. You know what I mean? Right. It's even if one may be at more fault than the other, in order for it to escalate or it get to an argument, again, both parties have to clash in order for that to happen. So something went wrong between both people. And somebody could have reacted differently to prevent that from happening. It's not saying that that's always easy to do. I get that. Um, but ultimately, that's what it's about. Um, I don't, I didn't see what a lot of people saw on, I mean, said on Twitter. Like, can you enlighten me? <laughs> as far as, like, what the problem was, per se. So, the, the, they didn't um, pinpoint too many things. It was just, it was around that, that I said it was a plate of food, but the macaroni scene, um, Malcolm ain't shit. Um, Malcolm would have lost his head after the macaroni. It was, it was primarily around the macaroni thing, and then other people were like, you know, I couldn't do it in one sitting. I had to come back to it. Um, things like that, but nobody either. I didn't go too far deep into the the mm-hmm. hashtag or the trend, the trending part. Um, but it was mostly on Malcolm's shoulders, and I can see that. But let's not let's not pretend like he um he walked straight into the house and just went straight to the That's bowl of macaroni, and that was it. Like there was a Let me ask you of... another question. How many so, men yeah. did you see react to it? A couple, but they were gay men. Enough to discount. Okay. But, um, <laughs> I'll probably I'll more than likely revisit. Um, I'll probably go back on Twitter and see um what they're saying now. Because um, the movie's been out a couple of weeks. Um, but I can say f- from the first viewing of the movie, um, I think Marie has a yeah. lot of growing up to do. And that's, and that's not... And that's clearly from the age that she is, even though we don't have a clear indication of how old they are. But yeah, like the whole entitlement thing and the jealousy thing and her trying to act, trying to say that she's not jealous when she clearly is and just the way that she handles um, well, how she's so reactionary and how she handles You know why that comes in the plate, all right. Um, Her jealousy is a way of validating her feelings towards him in some way, shape, or form. That's the reason why she made the comment that she could be on another man's arm 
and be flirting with him, and he would not show an ounce of jealousy or be or feel insecure in that situation in any way, shape, or form. And that's bothersome to her. Do you? It's another lack of reassurance. You, it, it almost feels like either one, you feel like you can't leave me, or two, you feel like don't nobody else want. That any man could be in my presence and you don't feel Christ. It also shows the level of ego that you have as well, that you think that I'm not that bitch. <laughs> you feel me? Because I am. But the fact that you can't recognize it is a problem. It's about recognition. Again, entitlement. To a degree. Because we don't really know how long that was going on. We don't know if it was just through the movie or mm. if something that was led up to it. We only stuck with just that one night. You know what I mean? But if you base it off of just that narrative and but you can't because clearly the things that they were saying is it, that shit is deep rooted. That's been going on for a while. She's been feeling unappreciated in different ways. It wasn't, and and the the lack of the thank you was that pushover. Really. So I don't know. I'm gonna watch it again. Um, Because it's really good. It's really, really good. And I suggest people that are listening to this podcast check out Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. And you know, another thing, it blows my mind how much um, Joe and David sounds like Denzel. Like, and I can close my eyes, see his father mm-hmm. in, like, his earlier the roles. The hand movements. Like, a soldier story of glory. The hand movements. I said, you don't need more for this, because uh, <laughs> he's the father. Um, even though he doesn't, to me, John David doesn't, no, he doesn't. strongly resemble Denzel. I don't think he does. Maybe because... He 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 does a little bit, maybe because maybe the facial um, hair though. Yeah, like Denzel for most of his roles don't like right. facial hair, so I don't really have except training day and I think Malcolm X. Um which we gotta talk about those uh those three mm-hmm. things you told me to watch. Whew. It gives you a, a different not a different perspective it just broadens your it opens your perspective it opens up a lot it broadens your perspective relationship and everything that was going on just what I was initially yeah and initially what I was what I was taught or picked up on when I was younger but nevertheless Malcolm and Marie go check it on Netflix get out of here uh, Mr. Fox and Judas and the Black Messiah. You have to. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's got on it. my list. I already got the soundtrack saved on my Spotify. Um, I can't wait to listen to the Jay Z Nipsey Russell song, Nipsey Hustle, and Nipsey Russell. That just goes your level of Child. excitement. That's all. Okay. <laughs> that just goes to show your level of excitement. I heard, I heard part, of, I heard part of the song. I heard part of the song on the radio. I was like, "Is this a new Jay Z song?" But from what I heard, Nipsey merch mm. Jay Z. I'll song. listen to it tonight. Um. Yeah, but yeah, that's on my list. Yeah. Is is mm. the movie already out? I watched it. Oh, no. Friday. Oh no. Watched it Friday. Oh, and oh. Yeah. that one? Okay. Mm. Both of those movies. Mm. Left me feeling the type of way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really know much about what happened to um Fred and honestly. I, so I learned a lot in the movie. Um it happened and to who? Fred Hampton. It happened to who? The movie that Jesus and the Black Messiah is about that. Yes. Oh, Fred Hampton? I'm like, I know I'm saying the name right. You try to make it seem like I'm crazy. Don't do that. No, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't so, hear um, you. I didn't hear you. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew some, but I didn't know what happened to him. And yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. Um. So yeah. we're gonna wrap we'll up here. We got some more recommendations on here for, y- for y'all to watch. Y'all go do that. We'll be back later on. This is uh, Mr. Fox, and this is... Be out this bitch. Subscribe, and don't forget, you know, we're on eight platforms. You got an email if you want to uh, contact me, irefusepodcast at gmail.com. Super simple. Stay, keep your ears and eyes peeled for new episodes. Try to do it every week. 